0: You have
1: to answer for Santino, Carlo. Welcome to Something Crunchy, the Valley's number one comedy entertainment podcast.
2: Biscuit is homies with Blake. Blake is the older brother of Blair. And Blair is married to Biscuit. Here are your hosts, Colin Blake with Blair and Tyler Dressel. Welcome to Something Crunchy, I'm Cullen Blake, with me as always, Blair, and Tanner Dressel. Thank you for joining us by way of 97.3 The Rattler, or wherever you get your podcast. We have another crunchy guest joining us tonight. He's an actor, singer, best-selling author, and host of the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You've seen him in movies like Any Given Sunday, Super Mario Brothers, Seabiscuit, and of course, you know him best for playing Carlo Rizzi in The Godfather. Please welcome Gianni Russo.
3: Yeah! Thank you for having me. you.
2: Thank you for joining us, Mr. Russo. Excited to have you on. How are you, sir?
3: I'm really good. I mean, thank you. And, uh, you know, I I love, I think you're coming from Arizona, right?
2: That's right. Yeah, Yeah, we're in the Phoenix area here.
3: Yeah, I have a lot of friends and family down there. Oh, yeah? You come here often? I used to come more often. I'm just so buried now. I'm primarily staying on the East Coast and in Europe.
2: You're a busy guy. 2024, starting the year off right, talking to the podfather. Any (laughs) bold predictions for this year?
3: Well, I just hope that, you know, we get straightened out fast because we're losing a lot of respect throughout the world, unfortunately.
2: Well, (laughs) talking about, you know. Well, let's start with some Godfather. (laughs) What are the questions you get most often about
3: playing Carlo? Basically, how did I get it? Because I wasn't an actor. That was your first role? That was my first role. Never acted before, never stood in front of a camera before. Wow. And I always wanted to be an actor. So I said, this is my shot. But me, not like other people, I had a, a a good bankroll. So I shot a screen test for Sonny, screen test for Michael and for Carlo. Submitted it to Paramount. And then they uh, gave me the bad news a few weeks later saying, we're sorry we misled you with the article, but we're really using actors. And then I heard about all the problems had with Joe Colombo in New York and the mob and I just happened to know a few people in the mob and I flew to New York and talked to Joe Colombo arranged a meeting at the Gulf and Western building and now it's history
2: now oh it's history gosh. people still talking about it today especially all that with Joe Colombo did you see this show um about a year or two ago called The Offer about the making of The Godfather
3: Oh, did I ever!
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I followed Albert Ruddy, but there was a memorable part about you and your character. Was there any validity to this?
3: No, and I I can't even talk about it because if you watch the offer now, all the scenes that I'm in, there is a disclaimer at the end of them, and it says the part of Gianni Russo has been fictionalized.
2: Wow! I mean, I was buying it until I saw that scene again, watching The Godfather, and that did not pass the smell test at all. No, so
3: long. Well, I don't know what Al Ruddy must have got up that morning at ninety three, and, and it was all me. I did this, I did then, I did this, and and the one good thing I I was told by so many people, he was like a womanizer. The guy's a mooch. He was, you know, you, nobody would go with the guy. Forget about it. <laughs>
2: Now, playing one in movies is one thing, but having ties to the mob in real life is another. You worked for Frank Costello, once upon a time, boss of the Luciano crime family. I
3: worked for guy me. I'm, I'm calling you from his apartment right now in New York. He left it to me.
2: You're kidding. No. Wow.
3: I'm still here. I walked in here when I was 14. Now, I was 81 on, the, on December 12th. So due to math, I'm still here.
1: Man. (laughs) It's amazing. It's so hard to find good jobs like that these days. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even get like an annual raise. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
3: tell you right now, to have a mentor like him, after what I went through in the polio ward for six years, and when I finally got out, I was selling ballpoint pens on the streets of New York. They were just invented, so you didn't need inkwells anymore. And here I am now, you know, thank God, what he's taught me through the years and and all his friends and colleagues, it's been a great lesson in life.
2: I can imagine. You you read my book? I've read parts of the book and have seen a lot of the clips covering it on YouTube.
3: Yeah. Well, that book, that book, I think every human being in the world has a doubt of who they are and what should read this book to be inspired and the the last sentence in the book is yes you can, because if I could do it anybody could do it. I became a multi-million dollar guy with no education. You
2: don't think luck just, had anything to do with it at all,
3: huh? Luck is you, you get a you know a rabbit's foot for luck. You better know what you're doing.
2: You're lucky you're to be alive. You, You've been yeah. shot six times at close range.
3: Hello, my I had my throat slipped by Pablo Escobar too. What does that mean? <laughs>
0: Someone's looking out for you
3: That's funny <laughs> You've been quite lucky in oh, several
2: I'm... circumstances So Mr. Russo, when I lost my virginity It was in the side yard of our house Rolling around in the grass for 42 seconds With a girl who just moved to town No <laughs> one is adapting it into a screenplay soon But I understand you have quite the story
3: My, my situation was Again, it was a luck I was working And and uh, Costello was hiding Mal and Monroe out at the Waldorf And I'm a 16 year old kid. I saw some like it hot ten times. (laughs) (laughs) I was masturbating in the balconies of Paramount. And now, now I'm being invited into a hotel room. What do you think was going to happen?
0: Oh my gosh.
3: I think there's a you term that for that. Well,
2: Getting lucky it's it's coming to me. So you're you're washing her hair at 16 and uh that's what led to this whole chain reaction. For
3: your for your audience, to uh, you know, if you visualize a shampoo basin, all of us have been in them, either in a barbershop or a salon. If you picture her laying back in a in a shampoo basin, my 3 piece set was on her shoulders. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> To moan, what do you think is going to happen to a 16-year-old kid? <laughs> it's a very natural reaction. Oh, my
0: God, Gianni.
3: I'm sorry to talk like this to you, darling. But... <laughs> no, I am
0: here for it. I am here for all of it. I'm, I'm so impressed with you. Like, how did you pull this off?
3: Yeah.
1: Did she make the first move or did you?
3: No, I mean, she, I mean, she was the aggressor. Yeah. Yes. But, but, see, I, I got to know her through the last four years of her life. She had such a low esteem of herself. That's all she thought she had to offer people, was her body. As I went through life in the movie careers, I like with uh, Tony Curtis, we did Love You Together. He slept with her, Sinatra slept with her, Nolan Brando slept with her. That's all, I mean, again, I, I feel sorry for her. I did then, I do now yet. Nobody realized who this lady was. And the Xanax were taking advantage of her and selling her as a sex symbol. And that's the last thing she wanted to be. And, uh, you know, she was abused early on in life. And um, all she had was a body she thought to offer, even as a friendship, not in a sexual thing. But um, hey, listen, you know, it's, uh, that, 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 that's a very sensitive story to me because I got to know her too well. I was with her the last three days before they killed her. What?
2: I did read that part in the book. And you maintain she was assassinated by Bobby Kennedy. Is that right?
3: Yeah, it was, man. And, I, and I, you know what I said? My, even my publishers, anybody who's a, a student of you know, publishing, a publisher like St. Martin's Press is not going to allow you to write that if they couldn't vet it and find some validity of it yeah. because of the fact they'd be sued. Yeah, I wrote this book five years ago. I still haven't been sued.
0: Nothing.
3: And now Nets came out with a series this year confirming exactly what I said five years ago.
2: That gave some validity to that. And now it was just announced recently by the government that there is, in fact, a second shooter involved in the JFK assassination. Not only does this support your story, but you have all kinds of insight
3: into what happened here, too, right? Well, the bottom line is that they're going to find out there was five shooters.
0: Oh my God. God!
3: Eventually, because every family wanted them dead, the deal was made at the at the Waldorf Astoria in 1959, when Joe Kennedy came to see Frank Costello, who were old friends during Prohibition. They both both amassed thirty, forty million each during Prohibition. Oh. And he came and said, Frank, I want my son to become president. At the time, he was a senator, John Kennedy. And he said, I need all your pull with the unions, the mafia, and your high-powered friends. And Costello said, what do we get? He said, well, the first thing if my son becomes president, they will invade Cuba and give you casinos back. Wow, that that was the deal. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is a history lesson. Man, there's a book coming out called The Son They Never Had, it's a monster book. I've been writing it, and it's uh, Loretta and Frank Costello never had children. I was with them for 20 something years and uh, traveled the world, made a lot of money. And uh experienced so many things with history and, and, and the Vatican and the mafia and well, I don't know if you read to the book where the IRS is still trying to figure out where the over six hundred million dollars went that I took out of Vegas.
0: <laughs>
3: still looking for it,
1: huh? <laughs> i Keep looking.
0: How yeah. is your life not a movie already? Yeah. I don't understand.
3: I'm being very particular. you
0: yeah, that's good. That's, that's yeah, that is good, though.
2: This is wild, though. Let me tell you. So, Marilyn Monroe taught you how to bone, Marlon Brando taught you how to act, and Frank Sinatra taught you how to sing. Am I getting this right?
3: <laughs> you got that right.
0: Wow. I'm blushing <laughs> over here.
2: Like, I wish. So, you, you were friends with both Frank Sinatra and Elvis Presley. Who was better with the ladies? Like, if you had to choose one wingman for the night?
3: Well, I mean, two different categories. I mean, I mean, I, I was privileged and invited in de, no, uh, December of 61 by Maya Lansky to go down to the Fontainebleau Hotel because he actually owned it, not Ben Novak. And they were shooting the special for NBC hosted by Frank Sinatra, welcoming Elvis back into civilization as far as being a citizen, not a, a, an army guy. And S- 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 Sinatra didn't like Elvis at all. But once they got started working together, I was there and watched it develop. He fell in love with the guy. But you know, th- you, you, to do a comparison, I could tell you 10 guys that are all different. Bill Clinton, I, I was never just met him.
2: <laughs> you, you hung out with Bill Clinton, he's got to be in the list. <laughs> he is.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he, he is. It'd be more surprising
0: to hear, I guess, who didn't really fit that. Old.
3: well there's a lot of them guys
0: <laughs> <laughs> no
1: game
3: well what's your favorite elvis story oh elvis i love elvis i mean i, I mean i got so mad at the, the the memphis mafia guys they're the ones that killed him you know they, they, they had he had 11 prescriptions under their names i can't believe they're supposed to be his friend he could have lived another 10 20 years and they watched him do what he did, man. Mm. And they killed him. Oh, that's heartbreaking. You know, it's, uh, I mean, you know, when you read about my life, I've had a lot of tremendous experiences. Yeah, I've been privileged, man. And still am. It's wild what's going on in my life right now. I mean, just this week alone, and I'm a nobody guy. Last week, last night, I was invited. by. A major, major clothing guy. And uh, I like his name. Giorgio Omani yesterday had a luncheon.
0: Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we know who that is.
3: <laughs> and he had a lunch of about 40 people for Andre Bocelli and his <gasps> wife.
0: What a table. I was
3: there. Last week, I was with Colonel Dolan. I mean, the company I keep is ridiculous. That is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, you've
0: got a fun circle.
3: Oh, yeah. It gets exhausting after a while, but it's been a lot of fun. My kids say to me, when are you going to stop? Why would I want to stop?
0: No, never stop. Never.
3: I got the energy, and I got the health, fortunately. I'm going to keep going.
2: Well, some of these stories are just beyond belief and are definitely screen ready. With your permission, I want to bring up what happened in Las Vegas in 1988. Now, there's the story, and then there's what happens after the story, which might be one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Why don't you start with a summary of what happened at the nightclub?
3: Are you talking about October 28th? That's the date. That's the date. Wow. Those, those kind of situations, you never forget when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, you know, because I don't know, you You know a guy called Steve Sharippa from from The Sopranos and now Blue Blood fame?
2: Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
3: Well, Steve was my doorman at the time. He was going to the University of Nevada, becoming a hotelier guy. And I hired a lot of those kids to be on on the door at State Street. And for your audience that don't know about State Street, State Street was a nightclub I opened. And I had three friends of mine open it for the weekend. Dee Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra. That charged me nothing. This was in 1980. Oh my gosh! Wow, and uh, it became an overnight success. I operated 12 hours a day, and uh, had casinos, dining room, nightclub, everything in it. And then one night, this guy came in, and we've seen this a hundred times—people coming in, and handing everybody under all the bills. I figured he's a big player from someplace. I served gourmet food from six at night to six in the morning, which was unique in Vegas. Of course, after midnight, mostly only in coffee shops. And I wanted to go add that extra taste to it. And uh, with that, I, I drew a lot of high rollers. And this guy came in, I didn't know who he was. So I called the front door. I said, Steve, who's the guy on seven? Because he was giving on elbows to everybody. He said, I don't know, boss. He came in from Caesars. He sees his guest. I said, Caesars picking up his check? They said, yep. Yeah. And so I sent over a bottle of Louis XIII, a bottle of Cristal, Beluga Caviar. I hit him up with $1,800 in about five minutes because he, he wasn't paying. Who cares? We'd send it over <laughs> with my driver in to pick up the money. The next few minutes, maybe not even ten. He gets the crystal bottle, breaks the bottle, and sticks it in his date's face.
0: Oh, oh. my god! Shit!
3: And thank God he missed her eye. He circled the eye, fortunately. So I called Steve up. I said, "Steve, get to seven. Look what's going on." He said, I ain't going over there, boss. That guy's nuts. I said, "What do you think I hired you for? You schmuck, it yes, over there.
0: This is your moment."
3: Yeah. So I went over, and I, I, you know, I, I. Just wanted to let the guy, I wanted to defuse it. I said, listen, you hear those sirens? They're coming here. Go out the back door. I didn't need any trouble, nor do you. I got to get the girl in the hospital. He said, no, Mom. He said, no, Mom. Where the hell are you from? Because you don't want to know. And I didn't know he had the bottle in his hand yet. So he goes to turn like he's going to get the girl just to fake me out. He spins around. And slits my throat. Fortunately, I was agile enough. I went back and the bottle caught me all along my jawline. 81 stitches. Damn. How am I going to get this guy to calm down? So I looked at him. He sees the blood. And I said, look what you did to my shirt.
0: (laughs) That's what you
3: said. Oh, my God. God. I I waited six months for the shirt. Sea Island Cotton. You ruined the shirt, you idiot. Well, I just needed to get, you know, my hand on my gun. And I didn't want him to notice that. So, I'm, I, you know, man, it worked. So I got my, my gun and I pulled it right to his head. I said, now I'll tell you to give you the option again. Walk out the door or you're going out in a body bag. And he said, F you. I said, oh, no. I put two right between his eyes. 150 people in my club were looking at me. The guy looks at me like he got bit by a mosquito in his forehead. And I'm watching the blood run down his face. He was so high on coke. That's why when you see in the movie, they shoot you behind the head. That closes you down right away. So with that, I put three more in his chest. And then he dies and everybody comes, the cops, everybody comes to their place. And we get Lower Manis the girl he stabbed to the hospital and Only to find out the next morning, he was Pablo Escobar's left-hand man, right-hand man, and uh, Lorenzo Morales.
1: Oh, my God. Can't write
2: this. So he didn't know who you were, and you didn't know who he was, and this is where it gets really interesting.
3: So now I go fly to New York to a guy who was really not my friend, John Gotti, who just became the boss in New York. And he's teasing me. Oh, now you're killing people because it's all over the news. I said, John, you got, a, you don't understand what went on. And he saw that my 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 chin and neck were all taped up. I said, the only reason I'm here, I want to go see Pablo Escobar. He said, What do you want? I said, I want to go see Pablo Escobar. He said, you're gonna go down to Bogota. I said, I gotta. He said, I'm going to buy you the ticket. He bought me a first class ticket to go see him. Figured he'd never see me again. And then I went down there and that's history in itself. That I'm here to talk about it and Pablo Escobar. I mean, they, they had their way with me for a while. And then he realized who I was, which is really a funny part of the story.
2: That's the funny part of the story.
3: Well, I was three floors down in the prison that he built for himself in Bogota. That was the deal he made with the government. And I'm I'm shackled to a chair in the nude, body bags all around me. The stench down there was ridiculous. And this guy comes walking in, I didn't even realize it was him. Cleanly dressed, no fatigues on, and he's got a book in his hand and I think I'm hallucinating. And I'm recognizing the book is the making of The Godfather. And he said, why didn't you tell me you were calling him The Godfather? That's my favorite movie. And he tells his guys to bring him up to the house. Now I'm sitting in his dining room. And he said to me, why did you come here? I said, well, I did my homework. I said, you have a daughter, Gina, and I got a daughter, Gia. They're the same age. And I know Lorenzo was Morelito. And I know they avenged their deaths by killing my dogs, pets, cats, kids, then me last, as I'm not going to let that happen. That's why I'm here. If somebody's going to kill your daughter, what would you have done? And he got up. He walked down to me at the table. He stand up. I didn't know if he cut my head off. I stood up. He hugged and kissed me. He's. They don't make men like us. He's out straighten us out. Don't worry about it. He said thank you. He said I want you to do me a favor. This is a classic story. I said whatever you want me to do, Pablo. You want me to cut the grass? You want me to wash the windows? No, I'm kidding. He said I want to do the closing scene in The Godfather. Said, what scene? He said you know when Michael comes to see you. And I say to myself, oh, this, is how this guy's going to kill me. So now I, he says, come up here. And I sat at the end of the table where he was sitting, which is closest to the door. And I said, you need me to write the lines? He said, no, I know, I know all the lines. <laughs> and I'm saying, what? So now he stands up, goes to the door with a couple of people like Michael did, and they walk in. And he starts the scene saying, Carlo today answered for Santini. You think this far should played on my sister could we went the whole city then? Oh. And we're going through it. He gives me the airline ticket, everything else. And I'm saying, this is how the guy's going to kill me. He walks me out to the car. They open the front door. Instead of Clemenza in the back seat. there's three of the guys that went down in the basement. As soon as I sit in the car, they said, Hello, Carlo. And they bust out laughing.
2: They even said the line when you got in the car. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, God. That is terrifying. No, no
3: kidding.
0: (laughs) Yeah, how did you keep it together? Oh,
3: man. So your heart's pounding. Well, I didn't. Not my choice. I figured I'm going to die or I'm going to get out of here. He kissed me, get out of here. And that's it.
2: Did you ever see him after that?
3: No, what happened was as soon as I landed in Florida, the DEA boarded the plane and they called out my name and I said, here we go again. And they put me on a plane, they fly me to Washington and they wanted to know why I was with John Gotti in New York. Why is it with Pablo Escobar (laughs) and, and flying back? They didn't even realize what happened in my club in Vegas like who are you wow so i told him on the plane and they you know radio it Find out it was all true and uh the rest is history and then they came down on him because as we saw now you know there's so many things about Escobar, they were ready to take him down and uh we all saw that
0: yeah John, so I thought, that's wild but- that
3: is beyond wild. Oh yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I mean, no, that's why now I'm talking to like guys like Terrence Winter, who did Warbrook Empire, right? And you should—they're they're all saying, you know, it should be a six-hour miniseries, and I want the story told right. Yeah. And I've been told by even George Gallo, major guys, that you there's too much in this for an hour and forty-minute movie. No, the mini-series so
0: idea
3: is good. Yeah, I'm taking my time. And I want to see, you know, I mean, I don't need any money, fortunately. I live too well without it. But uh, so I'm just having fun. I got a, a deal on four more books from Kensington Press, which is one of the better press in right. the world.
2: Wow, congrats.
3: Yeah. So the next book will be This Son He Never Had. And I'm almost done with that now. Wow. And I've been, I'm writing best-selling books. My first book is still a best on Amazon. Hollywood Godfathers, five years a bestseller.
2: Isn't it a best-seller in like seven different countries?
3: Yeah, 73. That's amazing. Exactly. That
0: is amazing. Oh.
3: That's amazing. Oh, Good for yes. you. Yes. How long have you been doing what you're doing with your podcast?
2: Uh, we're about to start. We're in our fifth year. Wow. Yeah, just starting our fifth year.
3: Right. Are you getting great results from that?
2: We are starting to see. Yeah, we're just starting here recently, starting to get a lot bigger results. Starting to make some moves here as well. Yes, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, let's move on to what we call the Fast Five, where we give you five general questions and you answer as quickly as you can. Here's a good one for you. Favorite car that
3: you've owned? I I just sold 40 of them. (laughs) (laughs) Do you you have a favorite? (laughs) Of the 40? no, The the one car I really enjoyed that I got, I lent Steve McQueen $16,000 on a car. Then he never paid me back, and I kept the car forever. And it was a gold wing. <laughs> and uh, Jerry Seinfeld offered me 600000 for it, and I turned that down.
2: Wow.
1: Holy
3: cow. But I just made back a package deal. I, I had a house in Mexico. I, I wasn't going to one anymore. Because Chopper, Guzman, and all these guys are getting too crazy. And uh, so I sold the house with the cars. And the guy gave me $6 million for everything.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right, what about favorite movie that you were not in?
3: Oh, man, my favorite movie I was not in is On the Waterfront with Marlon Brendo. That's
2: a good answer. Yeah. How about a food you won't eat under any circumstance?
3: There's a lot of them,
2: man. <laughs> <laughs> You're a picky eater,
3: huh? Oh yeah, I'm a very healthy eater also. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah, I don't eat liver. I don't eat I don't eat organs. I think any nobody should. Yeah, personally. yeah,
2: you want I'm to stay away you. from the organs. That's not meat. <laughs> Who made better music, Elvis or Sinatra?
3: Again, two different categories. I would say Sinatra, no matter what, because he spent and still spanning eight generations.
2: Yeah, yeah, good answer. Okay. Well, Mr. Russo, we like to play a game on every episode and include our guest as well. Because we had to squeeze what should be a 10-hour interview into under an hour, we are going to play a quick round of true or false to touch on what we couldn't get into to show why everyone needs to read your book, Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movies and the Mob, a bestseller in seven countries and available on Amazon.com. Mr. Russo, all you have to say is true or false? Go ahead. You're the official brand ambassador for the Corleone Family Food Company. True. True. After losing your virginity to Marilyn Monroe, that earned you a three-way with Raquel Welch and Sophia Loren. No. No, that's yeah. false. Okay. <laughs> you once shot up a hotel room with Elvis Presley after watching cowboy
3: movies all night together. True.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sweet 3,000, to be exact. The oh. Hilton Hotel. Wow. <laughs>
2: You killed a pedophile when you were 12 years old who attacked you in a hospital by way of a broken broom handle through the chest.
3: I drove it through his back.
2: Oh, Okay, so false. It was through the back.
1: (laughs) Trick question.
2: You know how Jimmy Hoffa was killed? True.
0: True. What?
2: You single-handedly invaded Germany and defeated the Nazis. No. No. Bill Clinton used to give you the task of taking home the ladies he'd provide on a list after events.
3: Very true. (laughs) All
2: right. (laughs) And last one, you've never been arrested, had handcuffs on, or spent a single night in jail.
3: Exactly right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, uh, 23 federal indictments, three murder ones, and numerous other things. Never. Never arrested, never put in jail, never put in a cell Well, I had a handcuff song. It's amazing.
0: I'm fascinated. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm just fascinated. I need this book right this second, yeah. by the way.
2: We we need the Netflix series. No the, I know. The, I need
0: all of it. The ten
2: episode. I mean, and there's such an appetite for it. You have the the thing that just came out on Netflix on John Gotti, you know, last year or two years ago you had the uh, the Albert Ruddy deal with uh, Miles Teller on you know The Godfather. There's, there's such an appetite for this stuff. Yeah. Your story is
3: just... Unbelievable. You, you have <laughs> endless stories. What's happened, they came to me, uh, Fox came to me. I'm doing one on on uh, Frank Costello. Now they're asking me to do one on Sinatra. And there's a book out right now that I, unbeknownst to me, I'm in, called The Taylor, the Taylor. an AMC. The AMC is doing four-part that I'm in, and I'm all through it. I didn't realize A.J. Pratt, where he went in his life, but I basically sponsored him, and he became one of the biggest heroin dealers in the world.
2: What, so are you mentioned by name? Like, Don't they need your permission by to name? do that?
3: Well, there's no license, if it's true. Yeah. Only- <laughs> the name. I'm a public figure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Shit happens. There's they overlay. Are.
3: No, we're gonna go play golf. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us more about the uh the Corleone family food company.
3: Well, that's a passion with me because number one, no uh, one was taking advantage of this brand. And so I saw an opportunity and some associates and I we own Jenko olive oil throughout the world. In fact, Godfather Two will be 50 years old this year coming. And Jenko olive oil, the big can. You'll remember it when De Niro went and visited Don Cheech over there mm-hmm. to get the can out of respect, but he used it to avenge his father's death. So that can, I, I, I can't produce enough of that for next year. I'll be on QVC with that the second quarter of 24 and I got 12 new products. I came up with all the new food products for the family. I got Fredo's Alfredo sauce. <laughs> I got sunny, spicy, and hot Rabiato sauce. Fitting. So six sauces coming out. And then Paramount said to me, why don't you do one for yourself? And I said, what the hell? Like? I don't know what I'm going to do. So i come up with Connie and Carlo's wedding soup. <laughs> I like that you included Connie as well. <laughs> so that, that's that's all, you know, things like that I have fun with.
0: Well, that's going to fly clothing, on QVC.
3: I have a clothing line you're not going to believe. You, if you go to La Mia, because I like keeping it in the same genre. Oh. It's La Mia by Gianni. It's a great name. <laughs>
2: so, I a, love what, what, kind, it. what kind
3: of clothes? Well, all, I mean, go online. You'll see. I designed them all. I, I got my own straight line. Uh, they're, they're, they're all unique and what? very affordable.
0: Did your friend Armani have any? Uh,
3: yeah, did he have any input? At all? At all? Because yesterday I wore my new jacket to his place on Madison Avenue, and everybody was raving over it. They mm-hmm. thought it was his. And I opened the l- inside to show them the label. They couldn't believe
0: it.
3: <laughs> people don't know Glad you know I'm in the clothing business. So I'm no threat to him, believe me.
1: Well, not yet. Yeah. And there's a collab well, there just waiting to happen.
2: It's
3: a matter of taste.
2: It's a matter of taste. Like the new endeavors, and that's great. I appreciate the info. I sincerely appreciate your time, and you do. And it's Mr. Russo. You are just one fascinating guy and also don't forget to check out gianni russo on his podcast hollywood godfather and if you want more stories from something crunchy's new head of security you should read his new book <laughs> hollywood godfather my life in the movies <laughs> and the mob it's available on amazon.com or you can find those links and more at GianniRusso.com.
3: you forgot one thing what's that the rob report this year november 22nd picked my vodka don Corleone as the best vodka in the world
0: Wow. Yeah!
2: Yeah, yeah. That's a That's a big deal right there. Woo. We're we're big on the vodka. That's great. Don Corleone vodka, number 1 in the world.
0: Getting that on our shelf.
3: Well, thank you for this whole uh publicity thing I just got. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for.
2: Yes. <laughs> thank you for your stories and for the time. This was very memorable.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
3: I'll never
1: forget today. <laughs> Anytime.
2: Uh, thank Let you, me. Mr. Russo. Have a good Bye. holiday season,
3: okay? And all your listeners out there. Have a great holiday. God bless.
2: Thank you. Thanks, sir. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow.
0: All
2: right. So if even half of his stories are true, he may very well be the most interesting
1: man in the world.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, if that's not that, I don't know. I mean, he's connected with every possible person.
1: I'm going to be looking over my shoulder for like the next two months. Just no. Like,
0: who that's knows? a circle you want to be in. He's got some friends.
2: I'm uh... I know too much. So he wanted to believe luck had nothing to do with it. And I have something to say on the subject. <laughs> 28 indictments, federal indictments There
0: I was going to say, there was a 10 other times I was like, and you don't think that...
2: Most people that can say that they shot a man twice in between the eyes and three more times in the chest in front of 150 people in the middle of a Las Vegas nightclub aren't outside of prison to talk about it.
0: Never and-
1: He didn't even see
0: inside a
1: jail cell or anything. I see where he's coming from. He doesn't consider himself lucky because he put himself in the position to be lucky. Not that he has to be a lucky person. You don't put yourself in the position to lose your virginity to Marilyn Monroe.
2: That happens to you. He was, by circumstance, working in the salon her chair. That's lucky. <laughs> Serenipitous, maybe?
0: There's a, there's a term for this. You didn't
2: like know she was going to be there, work your way in, and make sure that you did what you had to to be in that chair. She ended up in the chair. that with Pablo
0: Escobar, you're not lucky that like he just had a... He kissed you and hugged you instead of like...
2: He was kidnapped by Pablo Escobar. Escobar had a hit out on him. And he decided to go there, face him himself, because I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to go and like trying to clear this out
0: is trying to do ozarks is like ozark was the fictional version of trying to like do that he's like no i'm just gonna be that no it's like a
2: combination of american made with tom cruise Blow with johnny depp (laughs) ozark (laughs) with jason bateman
1: Uh um and almost famous (laughs) just like a guy on the side that happens to run in the same circle it's just hard to believe he had connections to the jfk assassination how does he know there's five?
0: Five shooters. So interesting. That's information, too, that's like.
2: And he wasn't a part of it specifically, but he details in his book that he was given instructions by Costello to go give a bag of money to somebody. And because of even just that much involvement, he had to go on the lamb and leave the country for two years after the assassination. To
0: wow. Play. Disappear. He's in Dallas.
1: Wow.
2: So, like, he knows about it. And those were some bold claims. Marilyn Monroe assassinated Elvis Presley assassinated. You
0: do X, Y, Z. We'll make sure this happens when he becomes president.
2: Went and chased tail with Elvis Presley, Frank Sinatra and Bill Clinton. Like (laughs) this is more like, you know, in Forrest Gump where he just kind of by circumstance happens to be around every historical event. And that's so fake. And
0: then it's like this is like an actual rendition of that.
1: He was at the hotel across the street. Yeah, Watergate. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> Calls it in. Yeah. Low key and part of every single. The power's out major across scene. the street.
2: Just it kind of reminds me of that. So one, it's not a movie.
1: He's right. We couldn't even do it yeah. in, a, in an hour podcast. This is a five season Netflix. You know, it's a deep dive. Ten episodes, hour piece. I
0: can't wait because he will make sure it gets done right and it does need to. With this amount of information, yeah. each one of these segments is a, such a full breakdown. It's a I mean, season.
1: You can squeeze this out into a season. Each story. man,
0: That's amazing.
2: We didn't even get to bring up any, any given Sunday with Al Pacino. Seabiscuit.
0: Wow. We were talking Super Pablo Mario Brothers. Escobar.
2: Call him back. Yeah, we'll, we'll back. get
0: to that. Could you tell two. us
2: about Super Mario Brothers real yeah. quick? Forgot <laughs> to ask you about, about the Goombas. The
0: Goombas left today. The Goombas. On a scale from Escobar to Goomba, what would you say was your experience with Marilyn?
2: <laughs> was it the bob
0: <laughs> it got it. She liked it. Here it comes.
1: She liked it. Here it comes.
0: <laughs> Always when I take a step.
2: Oh man. Do you know how hard it is to segue from a murder story into something more lighthearted and crunchy around here? That we is- talked to comedians oh. and comedic actors. Yeah. And it was like, so let's talk about that time you shot the dude in the face. In real life. All right, so um. Uh, what kind of food were you we not going to eat? <laughs> so, uh, what app do you like yeah. on your cell phone? Tell us about your clothing company. Um, I
0: actually want some of those clothes, though. I kind
1: of. It sounds resort casual to me. I wanted him to say it's all monochromatic jumpsuits.
2: It's <laughs> it is 100%. Did he say Gianni,
0: but Gianni? No. I don't think so. <laughs> What'd you hear? That's what I heard.
1: Gianni? I just heard by Gianni. Gianni Versace?
0: G-on-me.
1: <laughs> like G-on-me. <Gianmi. laughs>
0: like I, she on me.
1: Like I got this Gianni. I <laughs> you know what I wanted to tell you.
2: <laughs> new dream car giveaway over at 8080. In addition to the 15% off you get using code Crunchy, every dollar you spend gets you entered in for a chance to win a brand new twin Turbo R8 plus $60,000 in cash. You do not want to miss out. Nor do you want to forget to check out somethingcrunchy.com where you'll find every episode or links to social media and the Almighty Crunch store where you'll find all kinds of crunchy gear showing the Jew our proud citizen of Crunch Nation. Join us every Friday night at 10 o'clock on 97.3 The Rattler or find us wherever you get your podcast. This has been another episode of
1: Something Crunchy and as always,
0: don't ever forget to live your crunchiest life and be
1: crunchy to one another.
2: Please don't forget to subscribe, like, follow and all that crunchy good shit. All episodes can be found at
1: somethingcrunchy.com and on all podcast platforms. Thank you for listening.
2: Who had Frankie Pantangeli killed? Who gives a shit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth it. Worth it.
2: You that's ex- the rocks. It's the rocks.
1: <laughs> it, it's it's contagious. <laughs>